You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Now Don Banks has been contributing to Patriots.com, the athletic bleach report. We're pleased to welcome him to the NFL on TuneIn. Don, thanks for taking the time. Got to start in Philadelphia. What a unlikely run it's been for Nick Foles a few years ago, pondering retirement. Now he is the reigning Super Bowl MVP. Do you think based on all the uncertainty surrounding Carson Wentz trying to come back from the knee injury, he goes back to, talking about Foles, being number two on the depth chart in Philadelphia, or is he an asset, and maybe Philadelphia could get a first-round pick for him if they are able to deal him in the offseason? Well, I mean, that's the question for the Eagles. Uh, it's certainly, his value is never going to be higher. We know that. But it sounds like the Eagles are not eager to move him. I'm sure they're going to listen. I'm sure they're going to see if somebody blows them away, and I don't know actually what it would take to reach um, that category of being blown away. But I do think Nick Foles has already done the grass is greener, found out he fit better in Philadelphia than he fit anywhere else. I think he's showing every indication he's content with whatever the scenario that would leave him in Philadelphia. He's not worried about, I have to start. I think he understands he's in a pretty good situation. To be clear, no one knows exactly if Carson Wentz's knee is going to be ready from week one. So, in some ways, it makes a lot of sense for the Eagles to think about Nick Foles being left exactly where he is in 2018. It's just a matter of, I guess, if there's a desperate team out there ready to throw the sun and the moon at the at the Eagles. Don, when you when you when you think about this team, of course, with having Nick Foles in this position, and it's one that's, I mean. We've never seen one like this in a very, very long time, right? Where you, you go out and you make a few moves to grab your quarterback you wanted. Carson Wentz, he becomes uh, the, 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 the lead guy for becoming the MVP in the National Football League. And then Nick Foles comes off and, and does what we anticipated seeing Carson Wentz doing. But this team now is it's potentially in, in, on the way to being $9 million over the cap. How do you relieve that pressure, um, you know, in a sense to say, okay, if there is a Nick Foles, we may be able to get a first and maybe a second round, Harvey, or a second and a third, and send him off somewhere else and get a few players to kind of alleviate some of that pressure. Do you think that may cause them to think about that down the road? Well, yeah, I, I think they have ways of getting their cap situation under. I, I talked to Howie Roseman at the, um, the Eagles GM at the Super Bowl, and he didn't seem real concerned. So I, I do think they have some moves that they can make, and they're not in a terrible bind. So I don't think that's going to drive the quarterback decision if there is any decision to be made. I think it's more, Cordell, if, if a team really makes an offer, they they feel like they just can't refuse as an organization trying to you know get better in the long run. Because I think in the short term, they know that they're a stronger team if Nick Foles returns this season. But um, it, it really, to me, it shakes it sh- it, with with the draft being quarterback heavy, apparently at the top with five potential first round picks, and then some names now, including AJ McCarron in free agency, I think it depends on how many teams don't get a need filled, and if there's any sense of desperation after uh, after that, then I think the Eagles are going to get their best offer at that point. 
Taking you around the league with Don Banks, the Athletic and Bleacher Report. He's our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Don, we know Jimmy Garoppolo broke the bank in the San Francisco Bay Area. All of that guaranteed money based on what he was able to do in a handful of starts. And he looked terrific, small sample size, taking over the starting duties for the 49ers. What does that kind of contract mean for Kirk Cousins? What do you think the marketplace is going to look like for him this offseason? I think Kirk Cousins will beat it. Um, that's my simple prediction. I'm not going to – I don't know how, how much he'll beat it by, but I think he, he'll beat it, and I think Kirk Cousins could be the new – not that it lasts long these days – the new highest-paid player in the, in the league. Um, that's just the way this works, and you guys know that. The, the last contract, the, the latest contract, is usually um, the biggest contract. And with the cap keep you know continuing to grow exponentially – Kirk Cousins is going to be incredibly well paid. What I'm again interested in is, does he have just two or three teams he really is locked, you know, focused on, and and or is it going to, is he going to throw the the field wide open? Because obviously we could round up the usual suspects. We know the teams that are likely to come after him. We, you know, we know that Arizona and and Denver and the Jets, possibly the Bills, um, all those teams that are looking for quarterbacks are probably going to have Kirk Cousins number one on their list. Cleveland's in there as well. I just don't know. It sounds like he has a pretty good idea, guys, of where he wants to go, how many you know, how many teams he thinks legitimately he can win with. So to me, I think he's going to go in with two or three teams that he's real serious about. The rest are probably, um, probably on the outside uh, hoping to get in the inner circle. We know we heard uh, Kirk Cousins mention a couple of times he just wants to win, okay? And, and I yep. think those winning teams that you alluded to was one, let's say the Cardinals. Let's say another could be the Denver Broncos. And then a few other teams that uh, we may be talking about. Those teams are teams that are right now, they're going to have to give up something to bring in a Kirk Cousins with the money that he wants. In my mind, I'm thinking about, okay, if he wants a $70 million signing bonus, you have to look at teams like the Jets, who is $73 million under the cap, to the Cleveland Browns, who we know is $100-plus million bucks under the cap. Does this now cause Kirk Cousins to make a decision? Is it more about the money that I get? Because if that is the case, he's not going to go to a good football team, or it's about winning games and maybe have to get a little less than maybe what the marketplace, now that Jimmy Garoppolo has created what he's created, uh, allow him to get. Yeah, you, you know, the interesting team that you mentioned, Cordell, is the Jets. Now, they're not a quote-unquote winning team at the moment. However, they had a stronger season than anyone anticipated last year. The Jeremy Bates hire and bumping him up to offensive coordinator, a lot of people are reading the tea leaves as he's a guy that comes out of the Shanahan, Mike Shanahan coaching tree where Kirk Cousins is most comfortable. And a lot of people – believe the Jets are, are a real strong contender for Kirk Cousins. I wouldn't have had him initially on my short, short list of where I projected Cousins to go, but I think the more the more I hear about how much respect he has for Bates, and, the, and obviously there's where uh, the financial end works uh, with the cap room, and he might see the Jets as a team, um, you know, like last year's Eagles, 7-9 to Super Bowl, or the year before um, a, uh, an Atlanta team that was eight and eight to the Super Bowl, or the year before a Carolina team that was seven eight and one to the Super Bowl. So we, you know, we're, we're putting the Jets obviously in, not in a winning program light, and and that's fair. But I also think that Kirk Cousins might judge things a little differently.
Don Banks is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Don, you took your tremendous snap judgments column to Patriots.com this year. So let's talk about Rob Gronkowski. Do you buy the retirement speculation? I could see him making the move to wrestling or trying to become an action hero, but it also could be a ploy to try to get more money from the club. Yeah, I, look, I I don't think it's a total ploy, but I mean, I, I understand the injuries and, and the fact that he's got other options and maybe the concussion. Um, against Jacksonville really gave him pause about going forward in the game. I said all along, I think if I had to put a dollar on it, I'd, I'd say that he's he's remaining a Patriot in 2018 and continuing his career because I think he still has the love of the game and I think he still has things he wants to accomplish. But it's a legitimate um, discussion that I think he does have options that, that he can make a lot of money outside of, of putting his body on the line. So I don't dismiss it, um, but I think it's it's more likely that he returns than not. Uh, maybe in two years we're having a different discussion. Give me a take on A.J. McCarron. Um, I know he went in and he had a small sample size of football that he played, played one of his better games, which is a few years ago against the Steelers in the playoff. And, of course, we saw the implosion of that team uh, that took place with Vontaze Burfecht and also Pac-Man Jones that cost him to lose it. But give me your take on his value. You know, like, he's come from winning ways. And I think when you look in the free agent market, guys are going to look for bargains, you know, and, and especially the Denver Broncos. They're not going to give anyone 60 to $70 million bucks, but they want to bring someone in that they can believe in and that can come in and get the job done. Give me your take on uh, A.J. McCann. Well, it is a really small sample size. I I would be a little wary, and I, I agree with you. I think he played really well in that playoff game against Pittsburgh two years ago. Um, he wasn't the reason they lost it, obviously. Um, but I don't think he has the strongest arm. I think he is more of the type of quarterback that is really, really has to be accurate and obviously um, work the field underneath. He could be this year's Mike Glennon. People are wondering, is he this year, you know, is he the next Jimmy Garoppolo? I'd have to put him closer to the Mike Glennon, that, that the more he plays, the more you might realize that he's, he's a backup quarterback in this league. Um, but, you know, it takes one team, and you mentioned Denver. I think that's a, an intriguing spot for him to fall in love with his game and say he's our guy. But, again, there's, there's a lot of chairs, and there's, the music's going to stop, and we're going to see who's still not having filled that chair. And I, I think it makes it one of the most intriguing quarterback markets between the draft and free agency in some time. Don, thanks so much for the insights. Enjoy the holiday weekend, and we appreciate you joining us today on the NFL on TuneIn. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Cordell. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.